facts. When someone is literate, they know facts. Education takes those facts and places them into a context that it can be a context based on history, theology. So the goal is that we have educated young people who are given the facts and not opinions. Welcome to the Bishop and Vickers. I am Bishop Tom Daly, the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington. And joining me are three of the vicars who help guide the Diocese of Spokane, the church here in Eastern Washington. Father Darren Connell, who is the Vicar General and Rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral. Father Pat Kirst, who is the Pastor of St. Thomas More and the Vicar for Priests. And Father Brian Mee, Pastor of St. Augustine in the South Hill and the Vicar of Finance. When we last uh, had a show, I mo most of the summer I announced, as I had various guests on, uh, hardworking guests, that the Vickers <laughs> were on vacation. <laughs> so maybe for our listening audience uh, in the thousands, and we're now really polling very well in the New England states, tell us what... Uh, well, this might, this might help because um, okay. <clears throat> my vacation could be, uh, summer vacation could be characterized by the, the new motto of Spokane, which is urban by nature. Have you heard that? Urban. No, I know Naughty by Nature was, a, was a rap group that was very popular. And banned the by the USCCB. But, <laughs> but at most Catholic high schools, it uh, dances. Okay. Um, okay, anyway, urban by nature, because um, uh, in the August, I guess first part of August, I went with my family and some of our brother priests, including the vicar for priests, to Leavenworth, Washington. It's a lovely German village. Uh, they speak German and they have German foods and hike to the top of Mount Lemon or Leichenstein, I think. I can't remember what it was. but And then Father Pat, uh, Pat Kirst and I and my family floated down the Wenatchee River. What oh, a Wenatchee. sight. Okay. What a sight. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, that's not, so that was part of the nature issue. And then, uh, Did you see Bishop Tyson? Because he works at Harry's Hofbrau in downtown. Mm -hmm. He uh, was wearing a big floppy hat, but I knew who he was. Okay, and sunglasses. Sun's sunglasses. Someone else we know. But, but kind of embarrassing when we went to the side that one time at that little beach, and as you and I were laying on the beach, and the kids next to us started yelling, come help us roll them back in. Come help us roll them back in. <laughs> wow. Ooh. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you. Operation Whale. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Father Me, what I know you were in Butte, Montana at the Jerry Lee Music Hall watching Mel Torme and Eminem, I guess, which is a... Uh, rapper from the area. How was your how was your summer? Well, when I was in Butte, I went spelunking as well. So I, oh. I had a great summer. In the caves. In the caves, in the mines of Butte, What Montana. is spelunking? Spelunking is uh, you go down into the caves and search through caves. But in Butte, you have tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels mm. is a whole honeycomb of So tunnels, how do we get to the word mining. spelunk? Mm. Well, mine tunnels and caves are very similar. Now, you were floating down a river. Right. So you haven't gone. I was in sunlight. No, I was in you sunlight. In sunlight. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> so next year, why don't you go underground? Yeah. Mm. Still no explanation about splunking, so I don't think we're <laughs> yeah. going to get one. <laughs> but you usually like to take a fall vacation. Follow me. Is that true? Well, and, and a winter like, vacation, yes, and yes, a spring great. vacation, yeah. and an early summer well, vacation. <laughs> once school gets out. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it was it was the show. Uh, actually, the ratings, according to. Uh, the polling improved uh, while we were gone. <laughs> well, slightly, slightly. I mean, um, uh, notice that I never take any time off because I'm afraid mm -hmm. what the ratings may. Oh, uh, Mr. Hardworker. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I was uh, uh, playing golf with George and and Chabs. Oh Chuck, no, she's Chuck. gone. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're gonna this show as everyone's back now and and uh, the, in our nation and certainly in our diocese. 
our young people at school, beginning in the preschool all the way to the university level. And this show is uh, more of a general discussion on education and its purpose. And um, I don't know, Father Me, as someone who was educated uh, in a classic prep school, the seminary, uh, Regina Clary. Um, <laughs> yes. What, uh, what, what, tell me your concept of education, both insightful from your historical point of view and also no, the reality. No, okay, I can do that. But first, I'd like to, um, I think that some sort of congratulations or uh, should be given to Father Connell because today, September 3rd, in the year 1888, the first Catholic schools in Spokane began, hmm. which happened to be Our Lady of Lourdes. Oh, so oh, this is the anniversary. I'm sure you're having a special dinner well, we, party. It's or a solemnity today. We had uh, a solemnity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to your question. Well, Bishop, I would say that you know the purpose of education is actually to kind of open a person to just the awesomeness of. Uh, the universe, the world we live in, the arts. So I would say if I, at Modern Clary, I could see where a teacher would take us down, walk us down the street outside here. We're in the basement, in the bunker it's here. It's a lower the cathedral. level. Um, but you'd notice over on the other side is the Masonic Temple, which is neoclassical. You see the Spokane Club, which is Georgian architecture. You see the Chronicle Building, which is uh, neo-Gothic that a student in just walking down a street should be able, all of a sudden, the universe opens up to him through history, through art, uh, walking into the cathedral, all those beautiful stained glass windows and, and uh, recognizing in the stained glass windows, being able to uh, recall each of those stories. So part of education is just to open uh, the universe broadly uh, to the student. Now, I think that modern education has gotten away from that, but that's that's another question. I think, Father uh, Kirst, as someone who Catholic education, um, were you in a public kindergarten in those days? I was. I, I did very well at recess. Mm -hmm. and at nap time, I wasn't quite so good. But uh, And you were accused of taking the graham crackers out of uh, various could, students' they desks? Could, they could, could never prove, prove it? that. They could yeah. not prove that. So. And that was pre-video footage. Yeah. yeah. But I think of, of education that obviously there are many aspects to the endeavor, but part of it is is learning some facts that are helpful to get through life. Just you learn math and you learn that 10 is more than 8 in, in terms of uh, functioning in life. Also some historical facts, as Father Me mentioned, that can just be sort of interesting and, and, and can also be helpful or say, you know, if we don't know history, we're doomed to repeat it and so forth. But I also in a kind of a skeptical sense think, and I was mentioning this to Father Me last night as we were at dinner, that um, uh, part of the educational process, it seems to me, as we advance along the, the track is, is learning how much we don't know. And in a sense, that's opening ourselves up to the, the mystery of, of the universe, the mystery of life, that we you know, get out of high school and we're pretty much sure we know everything. Then we get into college and, and learn we didn't know so much as we're learning these new things that we thought were otherwise, and then get into graduate school and then really find out how much we don't know. And, Perhaps that's something that's a little bit peculiar to theological studies, but uh, I, I believe that that, ironically, is part of education is to, to humble ourselves before the mystery of God and the mysteries of the universe, and, and, but, and yet still be able to have the capacity to say some things about those things in a, in a limited sense. In um, the document of, on Declaration of Christian Education, 
Pope now, St. Paul VI in October 65, said, for a true education aims at the formation of the human person in the pursuit of his ultimate and of the good of the societies of which, as a man, he is a member and whose obligations, as an adult, he will share. Therefore, children and young people must be helped with the aid of the latest advances in psychology and the arts and the science of teaching to develop harmoniously their physical, moral, and intellectual endowments so that they may gradually acquire a mature sense of responsibility in striving endlessly to form their own lives properly and in pursuing true freedom as they surmount the vicissitudes of life with courage and constancy. Would you say this is going on, Father Connell, in your experience of education, your vast experience? Let me give you an example that happened just today. Father Ratuiste, uh, the parochial vicar and secretary of the cardinal here in Spokane, uh, and I were at- <laughs> We have a cardinal. Uh, well, we have someone who thinks he's a oh. cardinal. Um, <laughs> I, I'm here, I can listen. <laughs> um, uh, we were up there today and uh, greeting all the students as we begin the new school year in each classroom. And what we did is we asked them uh, any- uh, At Cataldo. At Cataldo Catholic School, um, sponsored by the cathedral Kellogg's. and, and uh, two other parishes. Um, uh, so, but I asked the, in each classroom, I said, Who's new today? Who, 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 who's new to Cataldo? And in every classroom, there was one to four kids who, who were new. And I, before we had the prayer and the blessing, I said, boys and girls, uh, you, you need, I'd like you to do something. And that is that um, to think about, is it difficult or easy to be a new student? They all said it's difficult, it's hard. And I said, so I, what I want you to do is I want you to be good to these kids. I want you to include them, eat with them, uh, help them, let them feel as welcome as possible. I said, not so much because I said it, because that's what Jesus Christ wants you to do. And in that sense, I mean, that's the beauty of Catholic education in the sense that we can weave through our faith through all aspects of, of their formation, their moral, intellectual, uh, human, and spiritual formation. And uh, that's a privilege. Follow me. Well, off of that, I, I want to step back on something. Um, you know, I, I think so much of modern education is almost an indoctrination. So today, certainly, if you said climate change, why you'd get a re- uh, great response and probably everyone knows what t- climate change is and it's going to affect our world, nature, and all the rest. But step back from that and how many of these students that might be so concerned about the environment or what I prefer, creation, uh, could even name the trees that they see as they walk down a street or the different birds, uh, the species of birds that we find, or the plant life. So that we talk in these big concepts without really ever coming to know uh, our world. And again, I think that uh, education is to fill one in to be able to see in all of its color and all of its beauty and all of its, again, awesomeness, uh, the world in which we live. And so that goes through the natural history of the world, or th- but also historically and art and every other thing as well. And obviously we associate education with going to school, uh, but obviously we are educated in ways beyond the school context. And I recall a couple of pearls of wisdom from a student at the graduate school I went to. He was a year ahead of me. And at one point he mentioned to me, don't let school get in the way of your education which uh, was a way of talking about how there are many ways in which we're educated and socialized and so forth uh, that form us as, as human people. And, and uh, the other thing he said was, um, it's ama- he was a year ahead of me, he said, it's amazing to think that I have already forgotten what you haven't even learned yet. 
which spoke well to me because I tend to not remember the details of what information is passed on in a lot of classes that I took. Just in a deposition uh, or just in a real life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that. But um, so I can't say anything about the philosopher Descartes, but I know in studying Descartes, there was a training that was happening there in terms of how to think, which I think is a primary goal of education is we get taught how to think and that helps us resolve problems uh, in, in life, come to decisions, make plans and so forth. Is that sense of training our brains to learn how to think. In the document, uh, again, that I quoted from, from uh, St. Paul VI, words like obligation and responsibility shape this. And I think I was remember in a discussion about, do we want our young people to be educated or literate? And there's a difference. Um, what would you say that difference is between being literate and educated? Oh, you brought it up. Well, <laughs> first of all, why can't they be both educated and literate? And can you really be educated without being literate? In other words, if you don't have the words of vocabulary to use, if you don't know how to compose uh, a sentence, how can you truly express what supposedly you have? Uh, so the Holy Father was wrong. Well, no. Paul the Sixth, you know, faith and morals. Nothing about education is in there. Jeez, mm, oh. I didn't realize this show was going <laughs> radical. Um, I think we're going to take a Good break. Good thing here. time is running yeah, out. We're going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. back to the Bishop and Vickers. We're talking about a general concept of education, but some of the issues that um, earlier in the show, Father Me spoke about sometimes schools uh, and education being uh, in form of a way of indoctrinating students. And at the, before the break, we're talking about the difference between literate and educated. And what I found to be the case that literate uh, takes, when someone is literate, they know facts Education takes those facts and places them into a context that it can be a context based on history, theology. So the goal is that we have educated young people who are given the facts and not opinions. And one of the issues that seems to be uh, very prevalent in our society is the opinions of certain mindsets and teachers uh, taking over many schools. Um, and one of the themes that is the flavor of the month this year, or maybe it's been, a, is to victimhood, that, that suddenly I'm a victim and there's no sense of responsibility, which the document on education from uh, Pope Paul VI talked about responsibility and obligations. I know when I was, uh, this past weekend, was at the Lasallian uh, Education Fundraiser at uh, the real wine country, which is Napa, and, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walla Walla can hear you. No, I love Walla Walla. <laughs> Walla Walla is the wine area of all of Washington State. Walla Walla. <laughs> Walla Walla. Yeah. Uh, and, and Eastern Oregon. Remember yeah, that well, Walla Walla. Yeah, no, love Walla Walla. You'll never be there. Um, <laughs> but in any case, it, we were discussion about the purposes, and I think one lesson that I learned uh, in my education was the sense of responsibility for one's actions and gratitude to the nation and the church that we're a part of and how we live that, that entailed certain obligations. Father Me, in your vast reading of the social issues troubling this nation, uh, what do you see as, as uh, 
this part of this indoctrination that may take place in certain educational circles? Or do you, do you want to refrain from that? <laughs> no. Well, no, I wouldn't refrain from it. I think uh, we see the whole issue with uh, erasing our history, either through getting rid of monuments or paintings or covering paintings and all of that. Somehow, it, uh, what it does, it's a very non-educational approach to to uh, what has been rather than first of all kind of trying to find the context that those characters lived in that um, that are in those paintings or statues and coming to know that but a little off of that I think uh, education today it does not want to be confrontational but uh, education in a way is so you look at debate debates not what it used to be but the very purpose of it was uh, to have two sides taking, looking at some topic and arguing uh, opposite sides, even though the one arguing the con might really be pro. Uh, but it makes one, you know, study and look and reflect upon everything. I think it would be good in schools today if there were study groups and you'd put six people together and they had to study together and come up with a term paper at the end of it. And all six people, would, though, would have to, you wouldn't be putting like-minded people together, but rather people with very differing views, but having to work together uh, to present some subject, some topic. Well, and when we were on break in, in the green room, and Bishop was reapplying uh, the makeup for a show that doesn't involve video. Um, <laughs> no, my hairpiece. Your hairpiece. Um, Father, me mentioned uh, uh, President Washington and uh, the, the struggle that people have now with highlighting his greatness and his contribution to our country because he was involved in the evils of slavery, which was prevalent in his day. And, and it reminds me of, of, I think Cardinal George uh, said once, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know Father Me will like to do that, um, that our culture today uh, allows everything but forgives nothing, uh, allows all kinds of things, but then doesn't engage in, in forgiveness of anything. And I'm not saying to forgive the, uh, the, the evils of the past, but certainly put them into some kind of context. And um, that if we were, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, if we were, uh, you know, living mm -hmm. in, in those eras, we would be involved in probably, probably involved in some of these same evils. Um, and well, yet, if, and if we only see it from that one side, we're always minimizing greatness. No one is great. Everyone's a sinner. Well, yes, we all know that, but there's, um, there's a flame of greatness and, uh, a lot, and some people and many people perhaps. And why can we not highlight that? Uh, where they truly showed greatness. I also, I don't. Can, can we shift gears here a little mm -hmm. bit um, about how the how the state can help? Uh, so I mentioned uh, again in the green room uh, break about how I'm always intrigued by in the winter when we have closures in the Spokane area. We have District 81 and Mead and et cetera, et cetera, all the public schools, and then we have our Catholic schools, and then a whole variety of other schools: uh, charter schools, Lutheran schools, specialized schools, Odyssey. You know, there's a lot of choice here in Spokane for uh, elementary and, and high school education, the Oaks and other, you know, classical approaches. Um, it's really amazing that there are so many. There are a lot. And I think it speaks to um, parents' desire for their children to be exposed to one particular kind of education or, or another. And we know uh, the, the costs, uh, the financial costs and the human resource costs that are involved in that um, for, you know, uh, non-government schools. And uh, which then you know brings up, uh, I'm intrigued by the the blame the Blaine Amendment uh, attempt uh, uh, the attempted amendment for the Constitution, 
and uh, you know perhaps how we might look at that uh, in the future. I know, Bishop, you know a fair amount about the, the Blaine Amendment. Maybe you could take this well, opportunity the, to teach us. Oh uh, <laughs> no, I don't do so with the true humility. But um, borrow but, some. Uh, <laughs> those of us who were educated in the French school already have it. Yeah, okay. The uh, the Blaine Amendment for our listening audience uh, has to do with the uh, senator from the state of Maine, and it's on the books. Um, and I th over 30-some-odd uh, state constitution, 37, failed as an amendment in the United States, but it's in the, the constitutions here in Washington, and there's... The state constitution. State constitution. And the Blaine uh, Amendment came at a time after the know-nothings uh, in the United States, the kind of very strongly anti-Catholic views, and they had the nun inspection committees that thought they had to go around, and there were tunnels between the convents. And um, it was basically a thinly disguised Spelunking. assault on Catholic education. There is going to be, I believe, a case involving uh, Montana uh, where the Department of Revenue issued a rule forbidding recipients of scholarships uh, from being received in, in religious schools. And so it, it's believed the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear this uh, case. But the Blaine Amendment, again, is very anti-Catholic. It has its roots in the know-nothings. Blaine himself was extremely anti-Catholic. And um, it uh, really is, is, is an assault on parent choice, the and proper it, choice. And practically, it prevents Catholic parents from receiving... Uh, you know, that's why we don't have a voucher system, mm -hmm. I believe, in Washington state or any other kind of uh, assistance from the state. Even though Catholic parents pay taxes, they don't get that benefit uh, in the form of a voucher. You, we can't by, consti by state constitution uh, do that. And so this will be uh, going through the, uh, the agenda for the courts. For our listening audience, what, I mean, as vicars, as pastors with schools, um, with many, I suppose, depending upon the, the parish uh, students who are not in Catholic schools, what advice for um, if, if parents moved to, to your parish and um, wanted some guidance on educational choices, what might you tell them? Besides the fact that your schools are all very good, but um, right, and that does that is based on the principle that the parents are ultimately responsible for the education of their children and make some choices with that. And we know, unfortunately, sometimes parents abdicate that responsibility and just drop the kids off at school and think that's the end of their educational process is what happens there. And they don't really have much say in what happens there. And perhaps that's more prevalent in a public system where there's a lot of government oversight of what happens in those schools. And in Catholic schools, we are blessed to be able to to be more, much more flexible and creative and, and so forth and work with parents in terms of providing uh, the sort of education to help that the parents are looking for. Uh, however, uh, the reality is in our Catholic schools, we are limited in resources and we're not gonna be the best choice for every single child. Uh, the kind of at the extremes, we're not really well set mm -hmm. up to, to serve those children that, that have great needs or that are exceedingly brilliant. We may not be their best the choice for that, but uh, what we do offer a lot for uh, you know the vast majority of childrens. I think that one of the one of the challenges, of course, is that uh, the school, and again, going back to what Father Mia talked about, at times uh, agendas are present. And we know of Catholic schools nationally where they have kind of lost their direction. The schools were founded, and and we began this show with the anniversary of. Uh, the first school in the diocese of, um, which predates the foundation of the diocese of Spokane. Um, the schools were founded to 
to protect the faith, to pass on the faith, but also taking very seriously that uh, young people and their families were making, were called to make a contribution to society. And the studies show the amount of uh, involvement that graduates of, of Catholic schools uh, have in their community. But it's, um, it, it seems now we're at a point in our, in our culture, in our society, and perhaps where we live, where there are those who some of the fundamental principles of, of our faith uh, are not um, uh, supported, and in fact, there could be a hostile response. Do you ever have parents maybe t talk to you about, I know there was a big controversy with, with uh, family life or sex ed in the public schools, the agenda that was being placed by Planned Parenthood, and fortunately, I think there were some people who stepped forward and it was tabled, but I, what's going on now with that? Have you heard any, anything from your parents uh, and your parishes? Well, you know, I think uh, the larger issue there is that the state constantly uh, does get involved, um, not simply in basic education, but again, how they want uh, the society to think. So just in Illinois, I think it was that they passed an LBGQT uh, um, agenda or study plan that has to be introduced in all the grade schools. Uh, so one of the things is, are parents really aware of what's going on in the schools, in the public schools? But as far as the Catholic option of schools, well, recognizing that the, the student has something more than simply learning the basic courses, but they are learning those to become a spokesman of faith uh, and, and to be catechist of the faith just not living moral lives, or just not simply uh, following through on social justice issues, but truly being men and women that express the Catholic faith in their um, whatever their field of uh, work might be. We um, are entrusted as pastors of the church to uh, care for all of our faithful, uh, those uh, who are Practicing Catholics, those who may, for whatever reason, not be a part of our community, our young people in our schools, our faith formation programs, and many young people who, for whatever reason, aren't in any type of religious instruction. And it's not easy today, um, as Father uh, Connell had spoken about, the many choices that are available. So we ask for your prayers for our young people. As, as, as mentioned, as a nation, many of our students on all levels are returning back to school and uh, for an opportunity, as we say in our faith, that our young people will grow in grace and wisdom. Thank you for listening, and we'll continue this discussion on education and its many aspects.